Welcome to Ben Navarra's podcast with your host, Ben Navarra's. Hi, and welcome to the Ben Navarra's podcast. Uh, today we have Mr. Uh, Nolan Savage. Uh, hey, Nolan. Hey, man. Good to be here. I know. This is kind of exciting. It's cool. Yeah, it's been a long um, time coming. It's been a long time coming. We tried a couple weeks ago, or a couple months. I say a couple weeks, but it's been more like a couple months ago, and just didn't work out. Um, I was I was being lazy. I woke up late. So, <laughs> oops. But here we are. Um, and so, hi, Nolan. Who, who, who are you, Nolan? It's a loaded question. Um... It's a long, it's a, it's a huge question. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I'm... I've done a lot of different things, uh, you know, athletic career-wise. I, I guess, you know, I've I've run track. I've been a weightlifter. Um, I've I've been a coach. <laughs> um, done done a lot of different things in, in that. Um, as a person, soon to be dad. So oh that's, yeah, that's exciting. Um, and um, yeah, I think that's kind of the the gist. So Nolan was my coach during my my weightlifting days, which was very recently. I mean, it's honestly, I mean, I don't know how far away they. I, I say days, like it was so long. But I guess for pretty much the entire semester, last semester, um, so from August ish to December ish, I forget when I competed. Do you remember? Uh you could. It was it was September. It was September eleventh. Oh, no way. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Bad memory. <laughs> 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 <I should remember. laughs> uh, so Nolan got into the, 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 I guess, what's it called? The coaching role. But he's a, he's a, obviously just, he's been in, in weightlifting or in, in sports for a long while. Um, I think, to be honest with you, I'm still learning how to podcast correctly. And I think part of what I'm looking for in the podcast is to be, I guess as natural and smooth as I possibly can make it, right? And just normal conversations that we were having a little while ago. But I think, I think it's hard to have that balance between wanting that and also wanting um, to include, I guess, specific items or content, I suppose. Um, so if you don't mind, I'm going to bring you back to, um, to the track days. Uh, how long did you run and did you start in high school? I started track in middle school. Um, I, I started track because... I wanted to stay in shape for football <laughs> and then, and then it kind of switched. Um, in, in high school, I started having a lot more success in track than I was football and football was becoming less and less fun. So, um, I think it was my junior year I quit football. Um, and yeah, I started focusing on track full time. So junior and senior year was just track. Like, did you start off successful? Um, in track, yeah, track, like it, it really took off for me. Um, football was something that, you know, it's always kind of like struggled through and then track, like as a freshman, I made the varsity team. Um, that team actually won state that year. So it was a good team. Um, was a, was an alternate on, on a few relays. Um, and just, yeah, had a really good experience that freshman year. And then, you know, sophomore year was, it, it was another good year in track, but it was, we had like from that team that won the, the state championship, pretty much all of them graduated. And so <laughs> it was like being a sophomore and like having to kind of be one of the leaders. So it was kind of a transition year of learning how to do that. Um, and, and that's kind of what helped, like what helped guided me to make my decision to quit football too, is I'm like, well, you know, it had a, had a good sophomore year, but need to have an even better junior year. Um, and I just, you know, I wanted to focus on it. What was your, what, what did you run? Um, I, I was a short sprinter when I started. So like 100 and 200 meters. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I kept thinking that I was a short sprinter. I thought I was, I thought I was good at that. And then my coach kept telling me, he, he kept telling, he kept trying to guide me to go longer into the more 400. Um, and I resisted that 
400 is a hell of a race, dude. <laughs> it's <laughs> That's a it's not fun. Race. It's uh, yeah. It took me a while to. I fully embraced it. I think probably my sophomore year, and then, um, yeah, junior and senior year, I was like the. Everyone wanted to make the four by four. That was that was like the premier thing. Like you, you had made it. If you got on the four by four, that was like the big deal. So, um, yeah, that was that was kind of my goal. Um, I ended up getting on it as a sophomore um, at the state meet. Um, Just they they had some injuries and and they needed somebody on it, so they put me on it. Um, And at that point, once I got the spot, I was trying to keep it. (laughs) (laughs) You you at that point have made it. That's kind of that's pretty wild. And and the entire the rest of the duration of your of your track day, did you run a longer? Did you ever go back to running the shorter distance sprints like the ones and twos or did you stay in the 400s i was so i i had quite a bit of success the 200 i made uh state final in the 200 damn dude my senior year so um i was always pretty good at the 200 um 400 in high school it like it i I was good in relays but it it was hard to get the it wasn't as good in the open so i kind of stuck to doing the shorter sprints um and they had me on a lot of relays, so I was on the four by one, four by two, that kind of stuff. And then I did the open two, and then four by four. So that was kind of my 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 days most what, of the time. What is the open two? I don't I don't know. What the so so yeah, the open two. That's just referring to um, like starting from blocks, not in a relay, individual. So open two being the person who does not start from blocks. No, you do start from blocks. You're the person that starts from blocks. So, so open, open is an individual race. It's not a relay. Okay. Yeah. So that's just, so it's it's when they say open, that means it's an individual event. You know, you start the race in blocks and you finish, and then relays. Gotcha. You know, you have different legs. Gotcha. Does the first person in a relay start off of blocks? Yes. Oh, cool. Fun fact. Did not know that. I mean, for almost every relay, the four by eight hundred, <laughs> they generally don't start in blocks. But... Four by eight hundred? Mm-hmm. Didn't know that, that was a thing. Yep. Yeah. I mean, at the high school level, I don't think they do it really at the elite levels anymore. But very cool. And how, so you finish junior year. How, how did senior year go? So I don't know if you said that already, but how did senior year go? Yeah, senior year we had a really good team. Um, it was starting to look a lot like my freshman year's team. Um, what school did you go to? I went to Rappo High School in Colorado. Cool. Okay, yeah. continue. Sorry. Yeah. Go, Go Warriors. Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Warriors. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah so it was starting to look a lot. It was looking kind of eerily similar to our uh, freshman year team. And, and I think all of the, all of the kind of younger guys that were made that varsity team but weren't quite, you know, good enough to make the state team, like we all, you know, felt left out from that. So we wanted to get there ourselves. Um so, yeah, and I think that's your, I mean, I remember the first meet of that season and our team just like went off. We, we had like the, the top times in the state, I think in like both relays, um, or in the four by one, four by two and four by four. Um, I think we had, we had four people, uh, break 50 in the 400 on one day which is crazy for high school. Um, and I think I, I broke 22 for the first time. It was just like, it was a crazy first meet. We were going up against who we thought was going to be our competition for the state meet. Um, and our, our coach, knowing this at the beginning of the year, decided to put on a dual meet. And so it was us versus them. That's pretty cool. And it, it was it <laughs> was a, awesome. That's a boss move. <laughs> yeah, it was it was cool, and like everyone was really excited about being there, and um, you know the energy. I mean, the energy was crazy. And the other team, they were they were um, kind of up in Colorado Springs, and there weren't a lot of other schools around them, and so the meets they were going to, they were just blowing people's doors off. And, and th- these guys were good. They were really good, and um, like they were close to setting state records and um and so then they came down and they beat us but like we were the first team to ever <laughs> we, we we beat their time that they that they had set the week before but then they beat us Damn. and so it was just yeah it was kind of cool that was the beginning of the season then we met again um at the end of the season and they had 
they had more bullets in the gun. <laughs> Damn, they're they're sandbagging. Yeah, well, they were they were just so good. They and their team showed up to the meet and had like a perfect meet, and we did pretty good. We had um, we were really stacked in the distance. We had probably Colorado's best distance runner in history of the state. Um, he won the eight hundred, the mile, and the two mile. And Did he go on to compete, prof- or I guess not, maybe not professionally, but in, in well, college? he's still he's still competing now. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, he went to college and he went to CU, which is arguably the best. Um, well, you know, some people argue, but one of the best um, cross country programs in the nation. And he was there, his tenure there. Uh, they won the national championship three times. He had a he had a fifth year in there, but they sorry one more time one more time sorry they, he won the so he uh, the the team the the cross country team championship they won it three times I believe oh, damn second once and third once damn I think one of those times I think one of the times they got like second or third he was an alternate or something but um it was at least two wins um and yeah it was just like crazy. He uh he qualified for nationals in the in the in the steeple as well. So he he nice. made it there and then um yeah now he actually a couple of years ago, um I think right before COVID, he got fifth at the five K at, at Nationals. So uh I mean, yeah. <laughs> so one of the best ones. He's and, still and, yeah, he's 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 an incredible runner, it's still going. Uh he got injured like Oh man, it was like right before trials he got injured. Yeah. Um so he's he's recovering and he's he's gonna make another shot at it. But I mean it sounds like you still keep up with the guy pretty Yeah, I was I was in his wedding or well, I was at his wedding um man, was that this last year. So <laughs> Damn, still very close. Yeah, yeah, we still talk quite a bit. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah. So he definitely helped us in high school. He was kind of our anchor, um for the team, I mean, getting thirty points from one guy is pretty good. <laughs> That's out of how many points, I guess. I so, guess. so you win a race, you get ten. Okay. Generally, generally, you can win like a state championship with probably like sixty plus points, sixty seventy points, depending on kind of the distribution. Um, so yeah, we got pretty much like half of our points from him. <laughs> from one dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's insane. Um, so it's okay. So the senior year ends, and what convinces you to go on and go continue to compete? Like, why, why continue to run? Yeah, I mean, I just I loved it. You know, I, I couldn't stop. Um, and I think, like, I always I always saw like, you know, the the state meet was just another step. You know, like it was all just another step in the greater picture. Like, I just wanted to. I've always wanted to, you know, compete at the highest level I could possibly go. So, um, you know, high school, is, I was always had my eyes on college. Um, and in college, I just, you know, really always wanted to get to, you know, national level. So, you know, high school is always trying to get state levels and trying to get, you know, bigger school and whatnot. And, um, yeah, so I, I just really looked, um, always looking kind of for that next step. Did you walk on somewhere, or you, like how does scouting work for? I, mean, I assume it works for. Yeah, it's you know. It, I mean, there's not a lot of scholarships, especially for for sprinters. For distance runners, there's a little more because uh, cross country, so you can run cross country and track. So they generally they they give more scholarships to distance runners because they're going to get more out of them. Um, sprinters, uh, you know, a lot. It's it's like. There, you have to be like very elite, like Texas A&M. Those are the those are the elite of the elite. <laughs> okay. Um, if if you're getting a scholarship there, yeah, I mean you're one of the greatest in the world, probably. Really? That, uh, that, that intense? Yes, they're they're that good. A&M especially. Their their sprint crew, they've just built it up. They got one of the best programs. They got one of the best coach. Um. Yeah, they're insane. Uh, I mean, you make it there. It's like 400. If you're a 400, 800 runner going to Texas A&M, you're legit. You're the real deal. Are these guys like making it to the Olympic kind of thing? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's a big reason why people are drawn, like why sprinters are drawn to go to A&M is because, I mean, a lot of them go to the Olympics. Uh, I mean, 
last year we had Bryce um, Bryce Dedman. He uh, he had he had a great year. Um, went to trials, missed qualifying individually, but they brought him on. He he made the relay pool. So they, they bring, I don't know, I think it's like eight people or something on for the relay pool. Uh, he had a fantastic season, like very consistent, but just didn't have like drop one of those crazy times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, now he's a, he, he's got, he's got a gold medal, gold and silver medalist. <laughs> uh, he, he ended up, he ran great. He ran in a mixed relay, which is kind of cool. They had uh, two guys, two girls, four by four. Um, I didn't know that was this, a thing. yeah, it was new to this Olympics. It's kind of okay. cool. That is kind of cool. Um, like and separate, then separate, like guy then girl then guy then girl or guy guy girl girl. You you can pick. You do oh want. no! Yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of a neat thing. Um, I love that. I the yeah. strategy, and you have to know like what other people are doing. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, so it was wild. You know, you <laughs> you would have these people like make up like ten second gaps. <laughs> That's cool to watch. It, it was cool. I, like, at the Olympic level, um, watching these insane people run. Yeah, it was it was nuts. It was it was fun to watch. But he did really well in that relay, and so they were like, "All right, well, we'll put you on on the prelims for the four x four." He did really well in that, and they're like, "All right, well, we have to put you on the final." And then they won. So, um, I mean, it's, you know, people like him, like he, um, you know, I mean, fantastic runner comes A and M. But yeah, I I was not in that caliber, so. I just wanted to run. I didn't really care where. Um, I I got I got several offers from like D two. I got a couple. Like I got like one local uh, Colorado State offered me something at the end of the year. Um, but I already decided that I wanted to go to Augustana College, which was Division three. Division three doesn't offer um, athletic scholarships, but they offer academic, and a lot of time it's academic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it's the people always joke that D three is like the run for fun. Run for fun. Was it run for fun? It was, but we also, but you know, winning is fun. So <laughs> winning is fun. Um, and that was kind of another crazy experience. Was um, you know, I ended up going there, and um, you know, it was kind of like the decision of you know, do you want to run like at D two or NAIA or you know, one of the like other divisions and like maybe struggle to make or you know division one like struggle to make a conference championship team or something like that or do you want to go to division three level and have a good shot at going to the nationals and so that was kind of (laughs) that was also kind of what i was thinking too um and then i ended up my recruiting class was insane um and we we had a crazy team and we had again it was kind of the culture on the 400 like everyone wanted be in the 400 everyone wanted to be in the four by four um and while i was there um the four years i was there the um the four by four outdoors got second or third place or better and then indoor uh three out of the four years it was yeah second or better and and <laughs> Each of those relays was a different group of people. Damn. So the, the depth we had was insane. That's definitely some good some good recruits. Also, I mean, also some good coaching. That one, that is this the same coach that tells you everything is in the gray? Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is that guy. That's a cool guy. So I forgot when it was, but we were talking about life be like being an extremist, I guess. I, I, like having an extreme personality, which I which I have. And then Nolan was like, no nah, man, like you gotta live in the gray. And I was coach and trap, but always tell him to live in the gray. So that's where that comes from. Yeah, he he had a lot of good little mantras that I think were really hard to listen to at the time. Um like one thing was the journey is the goal. So so basically meaning, you know, enjoy the process. That's where the process, that's, that's where we want to be. Just keep going, keep plugging through, um, you know, which I think is something that's really hard to embrace. I was going to say the, the process is really hard to, have, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Cause I, most people, the goal is a time or, you know, or, or a level or something. Um, and his other thing 
which this I, this drove me nuts. It was celebrate life. The whole goal is to celebrate life. Everything we do, we get to run, you know, celebrate that. Like we get to, oh wow, we get to go to the conference meet, celebrate that. And 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 he said, you know, if we just go and we have fun and we celebrate life, the times, the distances, you know, whatever it is, will come. And I think that was a very hard thing to do because as an athlete, you don't want to celebrate everything. I think as an athlete, you're like, winning, I'll celebrate that. <laughs> I did not get better last week. Damn it. What do I need to do better? Exactly. So, again, you know, a lot with him was like enjoying the process, just being happy with where you're at um, and continuing to work. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, the things he taught me is, I mean, I take it. I I took it to life, and <laughs> everything. Um, I think that was the greatest thing about being there. It's him, Holtz. He was, he was just an incredible man to learn from, um, and it was like we were learning about life, and then we were also just running at the same time. <laughs> it, it was just like something we enjoyed doing, and so we did it. <laughs> you also happened to be running. Right. Yeah. Long getting taught life lessons. Yeah, it was like we really just wanted to be around him. So, <laughs> what's his name? Uh well he goes by Ols. Ols. Uh but uh Paul Olson. Paul Olson. He um he recently retired. Well it's been a couple of years now. Uh, but he had coached for over fifty years. Damn. He started coaching Damn. right out of undergrad. Um and and was there the whole time. That's insane. Wow, what a what a cool guy. I like that I like pe- like looking back on people that have influenced us. That significantly. I think that's the coolest thing. And I think as coaches, we have that opportunity. I mean, as people, I say as coaches, but as people, we have that opportunity to do, to do that for other people, which I think is the coolest thing that we, you know, like, why put out bad things when you can just put out good? You never know what, like, what that's going to do to somebody long term. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, using every opportunity to, to try to be a mentor or to try to learn something from someone not just in one situation, but, you know, I think that's a cool thing about sports is you get to learn a lot about life and you get to learn, you know, a lot of different things, um, while doing sports and sports are fun, but you get to learn all the, you know, things that are going to help you through life and business and family, you know, whatever. Um, and I, I think, you know, you can apply that to, like I said, everything you do. Um, actually just today I was, uh, I was scrolling through LinkedIn <laughs> and I saw this post, um, from from my school uh, of this girl that I um, I mentored in a research lab, and it was talking about all the great things she's doing now. She's getting her PhD in uh, epidemiology, and uh, I'm just really killing it. And I just remembered uh, thinking the first day she walked in the lab that she was going to be fantastic. Um, but you know, and you know, she was saying, you know, you know, she was. And after I thanked her, she was like, well, you know, I really appreciate you for, you know, helping me get through the process and kind of mentoring me. So it's like, you never, you know, you never know where it's going to happen. <laughs> it could be in the research lab, could be on the track. <laughs> There's so many different avenues to have impact on anybody. Yeah. Like me. Just, I mean, you had su- like, you had such an impact on me when I first started getting into the weightlifting world and outside of the world of weightlifting. Weightlifting was the vehicle. It's just like sports is the vehicle to learn all these other things. But in the middle of it, it was like. Some of the some of the notes that I remember reading was like learning how to prioritize certain things. It was like you're right, and like the the green uh, the, like and learning how to enjoy the process. Like it's something that you were taught. I think that you ended up like kind of talking to me about. And as frustrated as I was that I wasn't there, whatever in my mind was was the 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 ideal. You were still like, hey, you're still like you realize like people don't hit this like this soon. I was like, damn it. He was like, just, just slow down. Like, calm down. Like, it, it, it'll be okay. Like, the bad reps are still ones that you can learn from. And the good reps are, yay, cool. But, like, celebrate the fact that you're able to just be here and lift. Which I think is really nice. It's really cool. Well, yeah. And I think that was, like, the most fun part about coaching is <laughs> I remember I used to tell, I used to joke with my wife that um, when I was going to coach, I'm like, 
Yeah, I'm going to teach Ben about life, and then we're going to lift weights, too. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, seriously. I mean, that's what a lot of it was. I mean, we would sit there for hours, like, for a long while, just chatting. And some, like, life, like, a lot of life stuff. It's, like, my relationships and just business stuff. And it was it was a good time to be able to bounce some, like, some really good, fruitful ideas off of somebody who had some valuable opinions that, that I, that I value, but also like, I think that had, that had contents. Right. But they were, they were, it was really, appre- very much so appreciated. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it too. I had a great time. Yeah. I think being a coach is the most, like, it's, it can be really fun. It depends on your athlete. Like, there's athletes <laughs> that like, they're forced to be there. And you're like, Oh my God, like you don't want to be here. It makes me not want to be here. Um, but just being able to, to learn from other people is, is infinitely beneficial and in multiple areas. Um, so you said research stuff. What what do you do outside of being in the sports world? Well, um, right now I, I, I work um, for the state of Texas in education, um, kind of doing uh, consulting type work, like management consulting type work. Um, but I, I kind of get into that through, I, I, I started in research. So in undergrad, I kind of got the bug for research, had a really great research advisor. Um, she was awesome. She published all the time, but she kind of did things on her pace. She'd do it. It was fun. It was awesome. Um, and so I was like, I want to do this. I want to go to grad school. Um, started grad school. At, that's what brought me to A&M. Um, started in grad school and, and just kind of the the fun kind of left <laughs> of, of research. It, it, it's, a, it's a real grueling uh, space. And so I, I kind of was looking for an exit, um, got my master's, but once I left the lab that I was doing my master's in, I, I joined another lab that was actually doing um, flu research. And this was, this was before COVID, <laughs> uh, but it was really cool. It was, you know, like the stuff you were doing was so applicable. Um, I really enjoyed that. I almost stayed. Um, he actually asked me if I would uh, do my PhD in his lab, and I almost said yes. <laughs> what comes you from saying yes? Why was it so grueling? I guess this is my first question. Uh, research is a cutthroat business. Um, getting grants is hard. Keeping them hard, um, and the expectation as a grad student is basically that you're working twenty four seven. Um, and and like personal life doesn't exist. Um, and it, it really put a strain on my mental health. Um, it, yeah, it, it got, it got to a point where I, I just, like, I had to, I, could, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, and, and, and it was, it was kind of one of those things where I remember, you know, I was, I was telling people about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm like really depressed and like, it's just so grueling. I, I hate what I'm doing. I don't, I don't enjoy it anymore. It's just going through the motions. And, you know, they said, yeah, well, you know, that's kind of what grad school is like. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, I don't want anything to do with that. You know, and, and, and so I, I was like, I'm taking the master's degree. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find something else because I don't want, I don't want it to. And, yeah, research is just like, you know, like, oh, well, once you, once you get to this next step, then there's another step. And then you got to, you know, work your butt off for another state. And it's like. Really, really, it's like once you become a tenured professor, that's when you can, you know, that's when you can finally take a, take some relief and you're, you know, 65. (laughs) Not looking to retire that late. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I I was starting to look for other ways. Um, And which led to the the other way was, so you graduated and then, and then what? Yeah. And so. I graduated and I stayed in the lab for a little bit um, in that flu lab, um, loved it. And then a position opened up in our department, uh, kind of more in like program operations. Uh, and, and I'm like, oh, that kind of sounds interesting. And it was a good transition of, because people were afraid to hire scientists because every time I told them I had a master's in biochemistry, they're like, oh, well, we don't, we don't, you know, we don't do biochemistry work. And I, I understand that's my point. But people were afraid, so I wanted to, I wanted to get something that gave me some like kind of quote business experience, business acumen, um, you know. But like somebody who would 
let me take that chance, and it was scientists. <laughs> so um, got that job, and my boss there was tremendous. I, I mean, how they got her, I still don't know. Um, she got her PhD from from Scripps Research Institute, which is um, some will argue better than Harvard in chemistry. Yeah. They're definitely, it's one, two. <laughs> and who's one and who's two depends on who you talk to. Um, but yeah, she actually, she got into Harvard and she turned down Harvard to go to, Damn. to go to Scripps. So one of the most intelligent people I've ever met in my entire life, extremely driven. Um, and then she had a job at this, um, this uh, intellectual property law firm um, doing patent law stuff for, for like pharmaceutical companies. Um, and you know, I mean, like one of the most premier law firms in the world, she got a job there, hated it (laughs) and, uh, decided to come back and, uh, she wanted to work in the graduate program. Um, and so she was my boss. And so learning from her was just amazing. She's one of those people that's good at literally anything she does. She's a crazy intelligent researcher. She, I mean, Anything she does, she's just good. She's a brilliant writer. She, it, it's annoying how good she does <laughs> She even she even tried to make it on Broadway at one point too. It's like Damn. she's just multi talented, and it's frustrating how multi talented she is. Uh, she actually did powerlifting for a little bit. She's at uh, BBB for a little bit too. Really? Yeah, man, what a girl. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I learned a lot from her, and then she kind of kept pushing me to you know kind of think big and like try to get find the next step. And that's kind of where I found my niche in like data analytics. Um, and that kind of combined kind of the, you know, get me a, a foot in the door, kind of more business side things, but it's still kind of research, it's still kind of working with data, which, which I enjoyed doing. So, um, so I, I ended up doing that. I, I, I took a, a, I got a certificate in that. Uh, it was a really intense, like six month program. I still don't know how I did it. I was working full time. I was weightlifting, what I would consider, I don't know, probably, probably twelve hours a week or something with weightlifting. Full time. <laughs> full time for yeah, an athlete, I'd say. And then, um, yeah, and then I was doing this class, which was, I think it was like, twenty hours a week. I don't know how Damn. I did. <laughs> I'm looking back on it. I made it through, but how? Yeah. Um, and you know, I wasn't miserable. I enjoyed it. That's the other thing I don't understand. That's kind of why. <laughs> that part is insane. Everything everything was going well. Weightlifting was going. That, actually, that's when weightlifting really started to take off. Um, and then, yeah, that was fun. And Damn. Um, and that led to, to what I do now, um, which is, yeah, kind of cool. I was about to ask you what you do now, but because that was such a good, like, that was a good run down there. Um, so then, so I'm gonna ask managerial kind of services for Texas education stuff. Yeah, so Did I say that correctly. Uh, well, it's Texas Education Agency, um, and yeah, kind of, kind of. I, what I would say what I do is business operations. Um, again, it's like you know I'm throwing around buzzword after buzzword. Uh, <laughs> getting ready for it. If we're, if we're out there, um, <laughs> Noah Savage is uh, sending us some resumes. <laughs> Find me on LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of like business operations is what I would categorize what I do. It's a lot of, um, I work with a lot of really smart content people in education, you know, reading specialists, you know, math specialists, um, you know, all, you know, former principals, former superintendents, all the, you know, really smart people um, who have that education background. Uh, and, and this is, you know, K through 12 education. Um, and I don't have that background, <laughs> but, um, but I kind of help, you know, it's like, well, we want to do this program. Okay. I'll help figure out how we're going to do it. Um, That's kind of cool. And, and yeah, I, I own a couple of grants um, which is kind of cool, and, and it's finally coming out, which I think will be cool to see once I see my programs, like, running. Implemented. <laughs> yeah, I think that'll be cool. I'm like, hey, like I, 
I help push that out. Um, and is that like a like a local level? Is that like here in, in town, or is that something that'll be pushed out? So it's, it's like, how do you guys determine what gets pushed out where? Yeah, it's it's so it's it's statewide. Um, and for the particular grants that I run, um, it, there is a competition. So you know, you had to they had to submit applications, and it's a lengthy review process. Um, and they kind of got selected there. One of them does cover kind of where we are there uh the region that we're in got one of the grants um and so i'm actually i'm actually kind of looking forward uh going to that hopefully i'll I'll be able to make that they're they're putting on a conference um a a literacy conference and i kind of want to see and i I think it'll be cool um and you know it's cool with my wife being a a teacher um in towns it's something that we're like impact her space um and i think it'd be beneficial it would just be cool when it's like hey like i i helped push that through when it comes out i want to know what it is <laughs> yeah. i never really knew what you did to be honest with you i didn't even know your, your master's was in biochem for whatever reason i thought it was i don't know something more business oriented to be honest with you. like <laughs> nope. i would have never guessed that i mean i remember you saying like you worked in a lab and but i don't know if i ever asked you like what exactly you did in the lab i, I can't remember that conversation, um, but I do have a short-term memory, so very well. Could <laughs> well, now it's happened. recorded. So. <laughs> now I can refer back to it. Yeah. There is no escaping. <laughs> and if I do forget, you're like, "Hey, do you remember that conversation?" Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. That's hilarious. Um, but it's kind of cool. I mean, you you do a lot. You I mean you you you're you're quite diverse. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I think I think this kind of comes back to Ols again. Uh, talking about him is. So he was, he was not only a track coach, but he was also an English professor. And he had places trying to pull him to do one or the other. So he, he had offers from other universities to be an English professor. And he got, uh, actually, University of Wisconsin was trying to recruit him to be their uh, head track coach uh, a while ago. Um, but neither, none of the places that recruited him would ever let him do both. And, and his whole thing was, he's like, I... Like, I don't want to be pigeonholed into doing one. Like, why can't I do both? Like, I, you know, and, and everyone would always feel like, well, you can only, you can only be good at one. And he's like, no, I can be good at both. You know, I, I, I can enjoy multiple things. Um, and, you know, that's what he would always push with us with, you know, you can be good on the track, but you also got to, you know, you can be good in the classroom. And we had um, actually the guy I kind of looked up to, um, he ended up getting, um, I think he graduated the year before me and he got, he got into this exclusive program. I think it was at Yale MD PhD program. They like three people a year get into this program. And this guy made it. Uh, he was also an all American track runner. God. Um, he published, he was a published author <laughs> in undergrad which is which is crazy. It's it's unheard of. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just a real like kind of renaissance <laughs> man. Dude, good at everything. Um, and and so he was. I remember. Um, he he worked in the same lab I did. Um, so I remember like reading through his papers and stuff, and just like being like, man, I want to be like this guy. Good at track, you know. Good, um, you know, good at, into research, um. Yeah, and, and so that, you know, combined with this whole saying, you know, you, you, you can be good at multiple things. I think that's what really has, like, I, I, I always, I, I, I don't like being one-dimensional, like, just an athlete or, you know, only in weightlifting. Like, I like having kind of these different, you know, levels and different things to, to kind of look into. So, you know, I think whenever, whenever something kind of finishes up i always have to find something else you know throw myself into i feel like i struggle with that a lot i mean i asked someone that i look up to of kind of the same i guess i guess it was, it was more told to me because i was talking to this guy two three times a week and i told him you know this is what i want to do i'm, I'm trying to start a podcast i'm trying you know i started a construction company you know i'm trying to start getting my master's and i'm here and i'm selling houses and he was like you gotta stop like you're doing too much shit. Do one thing and just do that one thing. 
And I was like, man, that goes against like everything that I ever thought like I was. Like in high school, I did like NHS and UIL and football and powerlifting and you know anything anything i could get my hands on you know just because like it's it's fun it's entertaining you you continue to learn in multiple directions um and when he told me that i was like man i really look up to this guy i guess guess he's right like i I gotta choose one thing and i say blah to him (laughs) (laughs) apparently obviously you can you can do it like it's just it takes work but you can do it and you can do it well. Like you can be a really good, an all American weightlifter or all American track athlete. And then also be one of three people gets accepted in somewhere. Right. Like it's possible. Not everybody can do it. Not everybody's right. meant to do it. Right. But it, it's possible. Yeah. And I, I think though, you know, it's one of those things that you, know, you do have to balance it because the more things you add, you know, there, there at, at some point there is a finite amount of time but I, I think really the key is you have to, like prioritization is huge like you have to learn how to you know okay you know th- this is you know weightlifting is my number one priority and so i'm everything you know is revolved around that then you know i have you know maybe my you know my side you know my studying data analytics that's number two and so when you you know arrange your life you have to arrange like okay i have to make sure i have everything in place that i can be good at my number one then i can put everything to be good at number two then i can put everything to be good at number three and if something has to give you you know you go down your chain of command so um that's kind of how i prioritize or how I have prioritized things. Um, Has that always been like a conscious effort, a conscious effort for like for you? Is it just natural? I think, I think it has. Um, Again, in in college, one of the first things that we did was also take every single athlete, um, you know, first day, you know, they'd come on campus and, and bring them into his office and he'd have you go through like an exercise of like, okay, how are you going to plan your day? You have track practice, you have to do, you know, and you have your classes, you have to do those, you know, you have to study, you know, how are you going to plan that? And, you know, how are you going to make your priorities fit that? So, you know, obviously like track is, you know, school is, school is number one, (laughs) you know, it depends who you talk to, you know, then, then your sport and then, um, you know, and then having fun being a college kid. But the thing was, is you have to be able to do everything else, you know, before you can do, you know, just being a dumb college kid. And you can't let being a dumb college kid affect what you're doing in track. And so that was a big thing I remember we always talked about. So, I, yeah, I always kind of like tried to be cognizant of that when, when planning, I, I think, you know, later on in life. I will say, Grad school kind of threw that for a loop um, in that, <clears throat> excuse me, in that it took up all of my time. <laughs> I had to, I think it, it kind of made me lose my priorities. I, I put everything into that. Like I'd never just full blown thrown everything into anything before. And I did for that. You know, I, w- I wasn't doing a sport at the time. And so I was just like, all right, everything goes in that. Um, and I could say from experience, putting work should should probably never be your number one. <laughs> there should probably be something else fulfilling to you as a person that should be your number one, whether that be, you know, your, your faith or your spouse or, um, or something that, you know, fulfills you, um, you know, whatever that would be. I think that it's really important to have that as a number one. (laughs) And then you can, and then you can go with career or sports or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. But I think you got to have something that's going to fill you up as your number one you know maybe that's just self-care 
Uh, two different things. I want to say the first thing when you, the way you categorize your stuff. I used to say this thing. Um, I got kicked out of college my sophomore year, and I guess my freshman year. My my first semester, <laughs> by the way, my first semester I got kicked out. I, I said my second year, but my my first semester, um, and then I guess starting my sophomore year is I finally after getting kicked out. I was like, I guess even before then, um, whatever timeline it is, at some point in that, what what caused the next thought was being kicked out and i was like okay you have to do the thing like in order to do the things you want to do you have to first do the things you have to do um and so my, that was like the way i was like i, I categorized my life is okay i can't do powerlifting. i need to go and do go study so i can take this stupid test tomorrow so that i can lift tonight so i can continue to compete because my freshman year it was the only year that while i was at ann that we won the national title and I wasn't able to go compete because I had prioritized working in the lab and and working out. And so my GPA wasn't there, so I didn't, I wasn't able to go compete. So everyone else on the team got these nice national champ rings, except for this guy. And I was like, damn, can't let that happen again. Um, so I was like, okay, in order to, in order to do all the things that I want to do, I have to do the things that I have to do first, um, which is a really hard thing to do sometimes. Um, and then my question was, so you learned that you couldn't put work as your first thing anymore. What led, like you, during the masters, you did that. Why was it detrimental and why did you realize, okay, this isn't the, this isn't the thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I think part of it stemmed from, you know, my first year out of college didn't have anything to do. And so. Uh, me and my wife just decided to up and move to Austin. We didn't have jobs. We didn't have anything. We just went and moved. Um, and that was a very scarring experience. <laughs> Not having a job. I, I ended up working at a golf course. I had a college degree. I was shoveling sand. Um, and I remember, I remember like one day I was like, we were digging out sand pits and this guy looks over to me and we're sweating and he, he's like, Nolan, what are you doing here? <laughs> He's like, you have a college degree, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, what? Why are you here? Why do you keep showing up? I was like, I got to pay the bills somehow. <laughs> and so, I, that uh, that experience, I was like, I got to work. Like, I was like, I, I cannot work at a golf course for the rest of my life. Like, I can't shovel sand for the rest of my life. So I'm like, I'm going back to school and I am working my butt off. I am putting everything into it. And I did. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it got to a point where I remember, <laughs> I vividly remember I was standing in the doorway and I was just staring off into the distance my wife was talking to me and I hear I heard her talking but I just I just couldn't respond. And you know, she's like, Are you okay? And I was like and I, I like came back to it for a second. I'm like, Yeah, fine. She's like, You're not fine. <laughs> and at that moment I kinda realized kind of where I was. I was in a really deep depression. Um and I mean and then yeah there that you know my wife she made me kind of figure that out made me go to you know counseling and get that figured out which is the greatest thing ever everyone anyone listening go to counseling it's awesome i agree i second <laughs> that 10 times over it's i mean it's you know it, like there's stigma whatever it's dumb you know stigma is dumb it's so awesome um but i went in and that really helped me um and but that helped me look at my priorities it was Work was first, second, and third. Um, you know, and then I was I was weightlifting two at the time, so that was probably like fourth, and then my wife was probably like at the bottom. And um I was starting to kind of realize what I was doing and then she stopped putting up with it. Um and, and so that you know, it, it it never got down to an ultimatum, but um I could sense that it was really close. So I started cleaning my act up. Uh, I, I, I put her to the top, um, of the list because, you know, I mean, that's way more important than, than a job or whatever. Um, so that was a big part of my, I'm like, I, I got to change this. 
change that prioritization, um, you know, moved, <laughs> you know, put and, and, and put myself, you know, up, up there, you know, higher on the list too, because um, I, I didn't give myself any time to, to live. Um, so, yeah, w- w- once I did that, um, then I kind of saw that, you know, I don't have time if if I want to have a fulfilled relationship, I want to myself be happy. If I want to do whatever you know, weightlifting, if I want to do other things, I don't have time to do grad school the way that people are going to make me do it. Um, and if I don't do that, you know, they're going to make me miserable. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I was like, all right, well, I I have to do something else because I don't I don't want to put this time and. I don't want to put the time into it. <laughs> I, I want to experience life and, um, you know, I, I enjoyed being married. You know, I enjoyed being married. <laughs> I wanted to keep it that way. <laughs> so, uh, now look at you with a kid coming along. <laughs> yeah. So I figured it out. <laughs> I learned. And now that, you know, that's going to change the list too. So, um, I think our society pushes, that mentality of just having to work all day every day and listening to you and i'm thinking here about myself like damn i'm, I'm, I'm always working like I, I value my my relationships highly like i the people in my life i think i put so much value in and it's just like i've always like i've always cared like my friends are my family and um and my significant others i think sometimes will take a back seat like that because i'm focusing on jobs like how can i make more money so that i can live a life that I think is like uh, do my job better or live a life that I think is the right way to live life um, and not necessarily prioritize myself. Even, even like the, this is this, the reason this exists, the reason that I started this was kind of le- lending to the ability to just hang out with friends and talk and like hopefully have some, something that's that valuable that other people can listen to and, and take something from and that this can hopefully afford me the opportunity to meet with friends and live a life you know like like the flexibility of me being in my house right now being able to do this um as a, for a living sounds insane yeah it well, sounds insane and, you know and I, I think that's one of those things you know it's a it's a good thing to prioritize because you know that's something that you enjoy and that's something that fills you up um and, and you know to your point about um you know the the kind of the pressure to work and you know, our, our society just does a horrible job of glamorizing overworking. Um, <laughs> my wife and I are going through the, um, have, have you seen the series Inventing Anna? I've heard of it, but no, I haven't okay. seen it. Okay. Or, uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's a better example. So the writer in that show, she's, she's pregnant while she's trying to uncover this story. And everything is revolved around her writing and and, and they're like glorifying like the, my wife and i were just like we were so frustrated watching it was a great show but we were frustrated <laughs> watching it um because like they're like glorifying the fact that you know in the show she like she's writing she's upset that her due date is coming up because she can't publish her article and she's trying to hold off her child being born so that she can write this article and so yeah. she can get her career back. And, you know, she doesn't want her kid to take her career. And it was just like, you know, the, the kid's not even born yet and they are already a number two, maybe, <laughs> you know, priority on the list. And I, I just, I think that kind of thing is just so toxic. Um, I mean, work should never overwork like you work to live and some people some people enjoy it some people love working um i work with some people that i I think really enjoy working longer hours and putting you know that's what gives them energy putting energy into that but i what i learned for myself is no (laughs) i i i work to live I don't live to work. I think that's that's a hard. I, I want to be able to say I do the same, but 
I don't necessarily know if I embody that at this point in my life. You it's know? it's really hard to do that. I I think be, you know like well one you know it's it's just like the the pressure to keep pushing and you know, you're an athlete. You know, in athletes you want to push. You always want to get to the next level, and so you're doing that in business. You're trying to push and you know getting into the next level. Um, but I I think you know you just you have to look at to it. You know, like what you want. to what do you want your life to be? Um, you know, I think some people like that is a big part. So, you know, good for them, you know, keep pushing. Um, you know, but personally I'm like, I would, I would rather have more life living <laughs> than life working. But unfortunately nobody's just given me a million dollars yet. So I still have to work. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the <laughs> part that sucks. It's like everything just gets more and more expensive. And like, and it's like, well, if I don't work, then I don't make enough money to afford my stuff, right? So then I need a better job, but I need to, to get a better job, I need to work more. And then I then hopefully one day you work enough that you can work less and then you can enjoy that, that money, that, that paycheck that you're then getting. It's like, why does it have to be this, this stupid fucking step-by-step process? Yeah. Like, I don't think it needs to be that way. I, I would hope not. That's, yeah, it's just... I would it would kill me to, to to believe that that's the only way to 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 go about it. It's like yeah, you got to grind for ten years, fifteen years, and then we'll give you the next job that'll make you grind for the next ten, so that hopefully you can be the CEO or the whatever the the whatever that can step away finally. It's like yeah. God damn, I waited till my knees don't like my knees are hurting when I wake up in the morning to be able to go do anything. Yeah, Lord. yeah. Well, you know, at that point, it's like. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you you grind to the point where you're too tired or, um, you know, to to enjoy <laughs> the fruits of your labor. You become so miserable. I would, I would look back like, really? Now I can't even enjoy any of this shit. Oh, that'd make me so upset. I, I yeah, I, I can't do that. So I just gotta figure out a way to to not be there. I mean, I guess I could just just the th- I think. I was about to say, like, I just have to wait to get there, but that's that's literally what I'm trying to to avoid, and and so I'm still stuck in that kind of pattern, and I am there now, right? I think my therapist always, when I was like, my thing was like self worth, and so she's like, you're worthy now, like you're worthy now. It's like, well, I can also say the same thing. It's like I'm here now, I can enjoy this now. Like it's okay to enjoy this. Um, just learning how to step away from having a day off and still coming into work. You know, I do that way too often. Yeah, well, you know, it's it it takes balance. Like going back to Ols, you know, embracing the gray. Um, <laughs> he had like a whole class about. Um, you go through different books that kind of went through the theme of, you know, life is not black and white. Nothing is black and white. It's gray, and you have to embrace it. You have to embrace the nuance. Um, you know, because. The little decisions you make do matter, but you know you, you have to balance. I, I remember there was one you know, my my hip was hurting or something, and one rep, and I'm like, "Well, so I don't know, my hip's not feeling great. I don't know about doing this next rep." And he's like, "Just don't do it." I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I, I need more, you know, more reps. I gotta, you know, be better than the next guy. And he's like, "Do you think?" This next rep is going to be the difference between you winning or losing the race on Saturday. I'm like, I mean, I don't think so. He's like, then don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah, so he's just like, you know, you got to find that nuance. But but the thing is, you know, I remember thinking at the time, I'm like, but if I say that every time, I'm like, well, this rep's not going to matter. You know, the, the, it, it's not going to make or break. But if you say that every time, it does matter. After <laughs> several months or years of saying that thing, it will, it will have an influence. It will have a, a, a yeah, an influence. It will have a, an effect. So yeah, kind of going back to what you're saying, you know, you kind of you have to you have to be present, and, you know, embrace the now, be happy in the now. But also, you do have to keep, you know, you have to keep pushing yourself forward. But you got to balance. Life is so complex. <laughs> <laughs> Life is so complex. Oh man, it's it's kind of frustrating at times. And I think 
even I think science is the I was I don't know if I was talking about this with but this it brings me to this thought. Um there's it's it's an ever moving target, science is. And I I kinda of lose my train of thought here a little bit, so I'm just gonna to continue to talk. Um but there we we have the ability to, to, to look at us look at a situation and say, okay, um doing squats will increase force production in, in the quad by this much right over this period of cycle um you take that data and you take the muscle biopsies you look at them and you're like oh wow yeah we saw changes um but then you can have the exact same individual do it six months later and have an entirely different result or entirely different change or if they're young they're they're let's say they're they're 10 or 12 and you're having them do this these these tests from day to day whether you wouldn't have put any weight on their back or, or had any influence of any external stimulus, they still would have had changes because they're so young. They're having such fast changes physiologically. Um, and it's an ever moving target that I think is, is so hard to try to like tackle down and get right. Um, and to truly grab some, some accurate data that you can then use an educator or to, to help, I guess, apply with a specific athlete. I think that's kind of, a. I feel like a lot of life is that way as well. Like it's so hard. And I think looking at those nuances and, and, and seeing, Oh, like, like, well, it depends. That, that answer, it depends is the most frustrating answer when I first started <laughs> grad school. And I was like, no, I just it give you the answers. Like, well, no, it just, it depends. It's like, and those little nuances and how life is so complex, it makes me want to like kind of step away a little bit and, be like, well, you know what? I, I don't understand. You know, I, I really don't get it. But all I can control is what's what is this, this being, this piece of meats that I have. And hopefully I continue to whatever my brain and my being is do good things. And hopefully all the nuances will kind of, you know, continue to, well, to play. You know what they say, the more you know, the less you know. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the most frustrating thing. I wish it was the opposite. But I mean, I mean, I guess, I don't know. It's, I guess that's a good thing. I mean, I guess. Um, understanding that the world is so vast and there's no way you're ever going to know all of it. Yeah, definitely. There's a, there's a lot. There's a, But that's kind of the cool thing, though, is there's a lot to learn. You'll, you'll never get to the point where you can't learn something. <laughs> it's everything. Every, all the time, every day, in every field, there's, there's constant learning. And... I, I couldn't imagine, you know, there's the same, if, you, if you're not learning, then you're dying. Or if you don't, the, uh -huh. day you, the day you stop learning is the day you die. I don't understand how you could stop learning, like legitimately, like with the amount of different external stimuli going on, you're going to learn something new in a day. And I think maybe that's the entire idea. It's like, if you're not learning, you are literally dead because <laughs> there is no other opportunity for you not to learn. Like you have to be alive. Like, it's, it's, I don't know if that's the, 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 the idea behind it. Well, you know, learning is so much fun. I think, I think that's what I, you know, my recent switch to kind of in powerlifting. I think that's why I want to do it. Is you know, learning something new that like that initial point of where you you don't like you don't know anything, and then you open it, you step into a world, and you learn like you learn so much at the start. Like that's fun. That's really exciting. Like. Um, I also recently got into a new hobby I would pick as I kind of stepped off of the weightlifting gas pedal a little bit was I got into coffee <laughs> and coffee is so much fun. It's, <laughs> it, it is an endless rabbit hole of learning and trying new things and different techniques. Um, yeah, it just, I, I just think that kind of thing is, is so great. And, and that is also, you know, that's why kind of the, endless learning of the world like that's why it's so fun that's the only reason that we live i suppose <laughs> otherwise what are you doing i guess well no i'm not taking any more of your time um it's been fun it has been fun i like i like in person so much more i mean so part of you know you said earlier like if this is what fills you then you should do it more part of the reason that i don't do this more i think a couple different reasons um i feel kind of embarrassed bringing people to my house sometimes um, I just you know it's not like the nicest place in the world. It's um, awesome though. You, um, got your, you got your own little your own little world here. It's cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know if no one's gonna like it, you know. <laughs> um, and I want to. I don't know. I just I guess that's part of it. And then um, that's probably the biggest part. To be honest, with you. it's like there's a little bit of a fear associated with like inviting people over. Um, 
wondering what people are going to think. It's like, why do I worry what people think? I, I, I do. I Obviously, I do. But um, I try not to. It's just something that's hard. But I do definitely appreciate you. And I like in-person so much more. But before we leave, um, I, I the last couple I've done this with, I want to... One thing, um, whatever you say is going to be the last thing that we end off with. It could be uh, a word, a sentence, a, a phrase, a take the next five minutes, I don't really care. But it's on you. Bye, guys. This is no one, though. Awesome. Well, I think, you know, I would, I would have to end it um, on some Olsisms. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is to just really embrace that the journey is the goal. Um, you know, embrace the struggle. Um, embrace the gray um, and, and really just learn to enjoy that. Thank you for listening to the Ben Navarro's podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and all other major podcast hosting platforms. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes.